Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Sting rocked the theater community yesterday with the announcement that he'll be joining the cast of The Last Ship, at least temporarily starting December 9th. Sting wrote the music and lyrics for the production, which was inspired by his memories of growing up in Wall's End, a town in northeast England long dominated by the shipbuilding industry. The show currently playing at the Neil Simon Theater on West 52nd Street is both the story of a love triangle and a fable-like tale of a group of laborers striving to build one final ship before the shipyard that has supported their families for generations is taken over by a salvage company. And 16-time Grammy Award winner Sting joins us now to talk about the musical, along with two of the show's stars, Fred Applegate, who plays Father O'Brien, a wise, hard-drinking priest, and Rachel Tucker, who plays the show's female lead, Meg Dawson. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Good morning. And we came in listening to you, Rachel, playing, uh, singing August Winds, one of the show's yeah. most beautiful ballads. Mm. Sting, it's, it's being reported that you'll join the cast in December to help boy ticket sales, mm-hmm. which have been weaker than anticipated. Isn't this your second time in a Broadway show? Uh, in the late 80s, I played M- Macheath in the uh, Brecht's Three Penny Opera. So that was 1989, 25 years ago. What have you been doing since? <laughs> oh, I've had this other job where I, um, I get paid extravagant amounts of money for playing, to, playing my songs to people in, all over the world. <laughs> in uh, th- in the, this play, you'll be uh, taking on the role of Jackie White, the leader of a shipbuilder's union. How much preparation <laughs> will you need to step into the part? Well, uh, you know, I, I wrote the part. and The first thing I, I set out to do five years ago with a blank sheet in front of me was write Jackie, Jackie White's words. And uh, then Jimmy Nail and I developed this role together for over the f- last five years. We were very close. And uh, it seemed logical for me to step into that role more than any other because of my age. Uh, and, and also, I mean, the first thing was was to get Jimmy's blessing on this. I wouldn't have done it without Jimmy saying, this is the right thing to do. And, of course, he's such a, a mensch that he said, yes, it's absolutely right. We'll sell more tickets, and then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take the bat on back off you in, in January. So he'll come back in the role. Absolutely. I wouldn't have done it without that agreement. I understand that Nail wasn't Jimmy Nail's original last name and that you both grew up in Walls End, although you didn't meet until later in London. Thank God. <laughs> now, do, do, do all the singers from Walls End change their names? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a criminal class. <laughs> what we do, we change our name. What was his name before? He I'm was, not going to reveal your uh, name, although I, people can look it up on the His name is James Bradford. Which That's sounds a nice r- name. Sounds rather respectable, mm. doesn't it? It does. Fred, uh, when did you and the rest of the cast first learn that Sting was uh, not only going to be attending the show's rehearsals and performances, but also becoming a member of the cast? Well, we found out on Sunday that he was 
going to be on stage with us, but since the beginning, he's been with us every day at rehearsal. He sat through the 10 out of 12s in Chicago, just sitting in the house. Uh, he's been with us every step of the journey, so the only change is that he'll be on stage with us. Mm. And now you have to rehearse with together just to we make sure really that have, the blocking is okay? We don't have much chance to uh, to do any of that. Uh, mm. I've blocked it a few times on my own with, with the stage manager, but there's very little time. Yeah, it's uh, but I, I, I know the role, and I know <laughs> where to go. I won't, I won't bump into the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, at, he was at rehearsal when I arrived, and he was at the rehearsals when I left for the entire <laughs> process, yeah. and this has been, uh, I did a reading of this four years ago. And, and we've never been without him. Regina Weinrich uh, reported in the Huffington Post last month that you've been involved in this project since its very beginning. Um, had you known Sting before you started work on The Last Ship? No. No. Of course, I know his music, and I was a fan, but uh, I got the script sent to me, and I showed it to my wife, and I said, I, I have to be involved with this. And playing Father Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it about the role that appealed to you, other than the fact that you get most of the laughs? <laughs>, <laughs> that's it. Well, that's his fault. Um, uh, he's just he's such a, a complicated, real person. He's a, mm. and he's not um, he's not a cartoon. Uh, I'm a Catholic, and uh, I have a lot of priest friends who <laughs> came to see it, who've been thrilled with the characterization of a priest who is a guy. It's this guy who smokes, who drinks. Well, they're not that happy Who with that. Uh, says words that we can't say on the air. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of theater, isn't it? <laughs> you also, isn't your wife uh, an expert on uh, Irish she's a, uh, dialect? Uh, I, no, she's a Catholic liturgist. She's ah, liturgist. expert on the liturgy of the Catholic Church. Uh, I'm not sure that you needed to know that to prepare for this role. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure he's that much of an expert on the liturgy, but he's a, he's a good pastor. Now, Rachel, I understand that this is your Broadway debut, but yeah. that you're originally from Belfast. I am, yes. Where were you living before you accepted the role and, and had to move to New York? Um, I've lived in London for the last 15 years, actually. I, I, I came to study in London um, uh, for the, at the Royal Academy of Music for uh, voice and drama, and I've been there ever since. And you still have that wonderful Irish accent. Oh, How challenging was it not only to to drop the uh, Irish accent, but to develop the Geordie accent that you need to play this part? Well, we, we had da- a dialect coach, and for my audition, I, I got my own coaching just to make sure that I, I got the accent. Because even for as a, re- a regional accent, it's a very tricky one to pick up. Um, I've got a very musical ear for accents, and this is still a very tricky accent. Well, Geordie accent supposedly grows out of the uh, old Anglo-Saxon. That's right, yeah. But also Vikings. there's an Irish side to it there too, is. isn't there? There is. There's a nice singy, tuny. <laughs> um, I love the accent, actually. It's a lovely well, accent. I, I was brought up in an essentially an Irish community in, in the town that we're portraying. But the dialect actually comes largely from Scandinavia. Yeah. And the, the, the melody of Scandinavian mm, right, language yeah. is what, it's why it's so difficult for even English people to do it. Mm. The so Angles and the Saxons. Mm. This is the original yeah. English to some degree. Yeah, mm. yes, yes, it is. Mm. So we we've, we default to a kind of hybrid between Irish and Northern English, <laughs> which uh, is consistent. Actually, mm. it's mm. consistent. Mm. One of but our one of our challenges was that if we did a real Geordie accent, we wouldn't even understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could get very thick. 
I only use my accent by accident or when I'm angry. When I'm angry. You know, you don't want to hear my <laughs> It's very threatening. <laughs> my guests are Sting, Fred Applegate, and Rachel Tucker, and we're talking about The Last Ship, which is currently on Broadway at the uh, Neil Simon Theater on West 52nd Street. Um, as we said, you grew up uh, in this town, Walls End, uh, which is just southeast of Newcastle. How did Walls End get its name? It was the uh, Hadrian ended his wall there. It was the 80-mile uh, wall between what became Scotland and, and England. It was really a tax, a taxation device. In order to bring your goods from north to south, you'd have to go through one of the portals and the Romans would tax you. But this is far south of the border with Scotland it's, it's today. It's currently south of the border, but it's changed hands so many times between Scotland and England and the Vikings and the Angles and the Saxons that we decided we would, didn't belong to anyone but ourselves, so we call ourselves Geordies. And then, um, in fact, uh, the Newcastle supporters, the, the team, the, the, the soccer team, Newcastle United, they call themselves Geordies. We but do. Newcastle, I associate with coal, so we have coal and shipbuilding all within the same general area? You Newcastle was a boom town in the in the nineteenth century, and so there's a, there was a massive Scottish immigration, uh, then Irish, and uh, the, it was based on coal and, and heavy in engineering and shipbuilding. You have spoken about how you came to write the songs in a recent TED talk after an extended period of writer's block. Well, I, I've had periods of uh, fallow. When I didn't, I didn't produce anything, and I just said, "Well, you need to be on input some of the time, so you could be on output the rest of the time." But this went on and on, I would say, for eight years, and uh, something was struggling to get out. And then, when I decided I would try and honour my community, the, the community I came from, the songs came out thick and fast in a torrent of ideas, of couplets, of situations, and I wrote the thing very, very quickly. I wrote almost forty songs half of which are in the play, but the other half, I, I would say, they're underpinning it like a, an iceberg. <laughs> and uh, I, I've heard that you wrote the songs in the voices of the people you'd grown up knowing. In, I in wrote Walsh a list End. of names of people I, who I'd known, and one of them was Jackie White. And uh, then the, the verses followed thick and fast, and then a, then a story and a, a plot was hatched over, over five years, and it evolved it must have come out fast because you have used the phrase projectile vomiting to describe <laughs> the process. Yes. <laughs> it did feel that way. Songs, <laughs> songs came out of me fully formed as if they'd been gestating for, for years. And then you did a CD? I made a CD because I felt that um, for an audience to be faced with a, a whole evening of brand new songs is difficult. Mm. I think it's better if they at least have some... Uh, Recognition And so putting an album out a year before, which did quite well, allowed us to feel that the audience was not, not an entirely strange land. It was something that they would recognize some of it anyway. But were people surprised by how different these songs are from what we have come to expect from Sting? Um, you know, I, I was learning how to write uh, theatrical songs, songs that advance narrative rather than just songs that would express one emotion over three minutes. You had to have a song that began and then the story had to be advanced. Mm -hmm. you, you could not... Uh, th there isn't time. It's a very exact science almost, a very exacting medium. And uh, I learned that on the job. And this is something that is now expected in a musical, isn't it? Uh, I think going all the way back to shows like Carousel, 
where the the songs are expected to forward the plot mm. and and reveal something about the character as well, rather than just simply be a nice love song. Mm-hmm. Or, but, but I also think something that that Sting has done in this show is that the scenes without the songs don't work. Mm-hmm. You can't tell the story without the songs. They're so integral integral to the narrative, mm. and they also. They also reward repeated listening because the lyrics are so dense and they go by so fast, and the 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 language he uses is mm. so beautiful and unexpected in mm. a lot of times. Um, this song, um, have you ever heard the theory of the universe? When, what is it? <laughs> have you ever seen me talking to a sailor? Yeah. It's, 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 what's that lyric about the planets? Oh, oh, no, you mean um, is it in, uh, the moon? It's not the same. It's moon. not the same yeah. moon at the end. Um, but there's a lyric, if you've ever heard the theory of the universe, that when you make a choice, another planet is created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who thinks that way? And he gave me a, a discarded lyrics for uh, for uh, Father O'Brien in which he rhymed Jesus with exegesis. And <laughs> 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 Who does that? Sting? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Yeah, well, so are these sometimes difficult lyrics to sing? Not at all, not ever, because they make they they are so real and they they make so much sense for everybody's individual character. And yeah, did you have a real sense of how the play was going to uh, to work uh, as you were writing these songs? Because, as you said, you are including plot into them. Mm. Well, I had the general shape of the thing. I knew we were going to build a ship. I knew we would launch a ship at the end of it. But woven into that is this this complex love story of, of a woman with two suitors, uh, and a lot of a lot of uh, thing, things to tie up. I think I think the book actually, although it's come in for some criticism, is actually uh, a wonder. It really is. I mean, it's it's a little complex, but I, I don't want to underestimate an audience. I think an audience can, mm. can be challenged. And if they didn't get it the first time, they can come and see it again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a little break and listen to some of the music from The Last Ship. My guests are Sting and Rachel Tucker, who plays the show's female lead, Meg Dawson, and Fred Applegate, who plays Father O'Brien. If I may be so bold, and I promise it all by the sweat of my brow, tell me what you may now. So you swing to the left and swing to the right, keep your eyes on your partner. Just keep to the rhythm Follow the beat The important things Never to look at your feet Then a miracle happens Minds in a trance They're all laughing at you Looking askance On the night that the pugilist Finally learned how to dance This is Michael Esper and Colin Kelly Sordley who play Gideon Fletcher and his son Tom, performing a very nice waltz called The Night That the Pugilist Learned How to Dance. It is one of the songs from Sting's uh, 
This is your first musical, right? The first one I've attempted to write, yes. And it's called The Last Ship. It is currently on Broadway at the Neil Simon Theater on West 52nd Street. He's here along with Fred Applegate, who plays Father O'Brien, and Rachel Tucker, who plays Meg Dawson, the the female lead. And, uh, Rachel, the character you play is at the center of a love triangle. She's torn between Gideon Fletcher, Mm -hmm. we just heard. Um, He was the teenage sweetheart who abandoned her 15 years ago to go to sea. Mm -hmm. And Arthur Milburn, the man who stayed in Wall's End and helped her raise her son, Tom. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to reveal too much, although I don't think there are that many surprises until the end, and I won't reveal the end. Yes. Um, But you do keep the audience in suspense over which man will win your heart at the end of the performance. Yeah, which I I think, as Sting said earlier, it's in the writing. You don't want to give the audience it on their lap. You know, you want to keep them the edge of their seat. Um, I think it's, I think they've reflected real life brilliantly because a lot of people have been in these situations genuinely. It's like, it's a scenario that a lot of people have been in where someone from the past comes back and it's a real thing. It's a complex situation. It's not just, oh, yeah, she'll go for the obvious choice. The hero comes back and saves the day. And it's not like that. And um, she has really struggled to make um, this decision. And I think that's what's been beautifully done by Joe, the director. He's made me see how do I get the subtlety out of this script and and with John's script? That's Joe Vantello, who yes. um, is quite famous for do working, directing other kinds of plays, dramas, usually. Um, did Was it hard convincing him to come on board to do this musical? Um, he saw a very early uh, workshop, which Fred was at. And I think I think the, the workshop lasted over three and a half hours. We didn't actually, actually finish it. <laughs> But he was intrigued because he had no idea where this thing was going. And he said, look, most musicals are Beverly Hills Cop, the musical. Mm -hmm. Let me know exactly what it is. This completely intrigued me, and I want to just find out where we're going with this. And uh, so he came on board very early. And he was the top of the tree, as as you know. So I was very heartened by that. And then we got uh, we had Brian Yorkey, and a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. And then we got John Logan, who was another you know, top of the list guy. So I I was well served by an, an amazing creative crew, and then Stephen Hoggart, an incredible uh, choreographer. So it, it's a very very nice crew. And you shouldn't men- you shouldn't leave out the set, which oh, uh, is really one, important in telling the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, an amazing set. When, how long into the production was that set devised? Um, I didn't see it until we got to Chicago uh, this this year, and then it, it reveals itself slowly. And uh, the end the end of the show is this coup de theatre, which I which makes me cry every time I see it. It's it's remarkable and reminds me of my childhood experiences of watching ships built. The or wonder launched. of David Zinn. Mm. I, I told David Zinn. When I was looking at the set, the back wall of the set, the painting mm. on the back wall mm. of the set alone is worthy of hanging in a museum. Mm. It's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it also, the set uh, moves around. It does all sorts of things, but it definitely gives you the feeling of um, a place where ships might be built. Uh, you've been, uh, Fred, in any number of, um, of Broadway hits, The Producers, Sister Act. Uh, Full, Young Frankenstein, some others. Um, how important are sets to the actors? Oh, hugely. Um, not only does it... It constrains but focuses what you're able to do. 
and it also puts you in a in an environment. It puts you in a physical place that you have to relate to, and it forces you to make choices that are consistent with an environment, which really helps you to focus your performance. The set is hugely important. Mm. Aren't uh, most of the lead actors in this production from the UK? No, there are only three of us. Oh, really? Yeah, um, Jimmy Neal, Jackie White, and Sally Ann Triplett, who plays his wife, mm-hmm. and myself. And then everybody else is American like you, Fred? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed uh, in the playbill that there's an Ethan Applegate yeah. listed as one of the swings. Yeah. Any relation? That's my son. <laughs> For those in our audience who aren't familiar with theatrical terms, what's a swing? Uh, he's an offstage understudy for the ensemble. If any of the ensemble members are out, he has to know all 13 of their tracks through the show so that he can be told at the last minute, you're on for Todd. And he goes to his notes and refreshes his memory about what Todd does, and then he steps on stage and does the show. How often has that happened? He's gone on twice. Mm Mm-hmm. This is his Broadway debut. Yeah. And then you have two other children? I Are do. they also in the family business? No, <laughs> no. My oldest son, Ben, is an editor at Random House, and my daughter, Meredith, is working in Myanmar with the government on the upcoming election. Do you uh, encourage or discourage your kids from going to show business? It can be really tough. I, I don't discourage anyone from following their passion. Mm. Rachel, your part in the show is very physical. There's lots of dancing, mm. jumping up on tables, climbing ladders. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> <Are you in? laughs> I'm used to it. I'm from Belfast. <laughs> what does that mean? Writing that's from, what we do. Writing from things? <laughs> Top of tables. That's Belfast. very normal there. <laughs> you didn't need any special training to do these no, uh, things eight times all. a week? Not at all. Stephen Hoggett's a dream, and he he got out of me what was a very natural instinct, Um for a very um, peeved off, um, scorned woman in a bar situation, and he's he's done it beautifully, I think. My guests are uh, Rachel Tucker, uh, who plays Meg Dawson in The Last Ship, uh, Fred Applegate, who plays Father O'Brien, and Sting, who wrote the songs and will be performing one of the parts as well, Jackie White, uh, starting December what? December 9th. This is WMYC, WMYC.org. I'm Leonard Lopate. I've, I've heard that your mother used to bring home albums from Broadway shows when you were a child. And um, did do you think at that time that – were you thinking rock or were you thinking perhaps more legit theater when you were a kid? I was educated by my mother's record collection. She was a piano player and she, and she would play bits of Chopin and – uh, she played tango a lot of the time, but she had this w- wonderful record collection, all of Rodgers and Hammerstein. So I, I, I used to eat those records for breakfast. I learned augmented chords and diminished chords by listening to Richard Rodgers. And if there's not any, a bad teacher, not a mm-hmm. bad teacher at all. And some of that, some some of the things I purloin from him are in this show. Um, I loved My Fair Lady. I loved West Side Story. I loved uh, the Three Penny Opera. So she, my mum educated me in a, in a very, very uh, Catholic way. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the religious sense, but in a, in a sense that uh, all music was, was something, it was a common language that we, we shared, and rock and roll too. She brought Jerry Lee Lewis into the house, she brought Little Richard, Elvis. But I would assume that it's very different to write a song for your own voice and to write one for somebody else. Very difficult, uh, especially when you have to have a, a duet with a man and a woman. Finding a key 
that will work for them both. This is a this takes a lot of a lot of work, and I was helped greatly by my musical director Rob Mathis, uh, who was very very knowledgeable, and he and I hammered these these problems out. But it's, it was fascinating. So it wasn't wasn't me singing; it was other people with other talents and other other ranges, and uh, writing for them was a challenge. It's difficult when you're in a group like police. Mm-hmm. There's the collaborative aspect. But that's a very different kind of collaborative aspect than when you're doing something like this. Yeah, there was no collaboration at all there. We just fought. <laughs> <laughs> the best man won, of course. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is very much a collaboration uh, you, with lighting people, with choreographers, with directors, with book writers, with actors. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful process. Fred, um, as I mentioned, uh, you play Father O'Brien, who came to the parish from Ireland. Um, did you do any research? Do so you know if there there were a lot of Irish and Scottish people who were passing through these shipyards in the way that Father O'Brien was? Well, I think a, a lot of Irish actually settled in the northeastern part of, of England, um, and there were substantial Irish communities. So it wouldn't be unusual for mm. an Irish priest to be there. All our priests were Irish. From the time of St. Aidan, there were Irish priests. Mm. Your character functions as a confessor, a cheerleader, provides compassion and wisdom. Obviously, uh, you were typecast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a stretch. <laughs> but, um, it, it is, uh, well, but this is a lovely part to play because, oh, uh, as I said earlier, you get most of the best laughs, partly because you say certain words that we can't say on the air and you, you don't talk the way priests are expected to talk in a play, but, as you said earlier, uh, often do in real life. Well, I think... Um, what he is is sarcastic, mm. and uh, I'm afraid I also am sarcastic. So that that's a good fit. Uh, but he actually sounds a lot more like some of the priests I know in private conversation. He just treats everybody in the community mm. the same way. Rachel, at, at several times during this performance, you're on stage with Dawn Cantwell, mm-hmm. the actress who plays the younger version of your character, mm. and you perform the song that we heard earlier, August Winds, as a duet. Is it odd to perform with someone who's playing you? <laughs> no, it's actually very comforting. Um, I we, in Chicago, it was it was a solo song. It was just myself, and we find actually, uh, and I segue using the the oh, as we call her the mini me. Mini <laughs> uh, mini me comes on and starts the song, and then we trans transform into the older Meg. And I think it's just worked beautifully. I understand that the cast from The Last Ship has been chosen to perform live as part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm. Will you all be there? Yes. No, oh, Fred. Fred no, won't I won't be. be there. I will, however, be watching my son, and I told him I would at least put shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little bitter. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, up at, we're up at five in the morning to do Macy's Day Parade uh, on, on the, our day off. But, you know, I'd rather be doing the Macy's Day Parade. It's, it's really uh, It's so much fun to do. It, when yeah, you actually get wait. there, yes, it's early in the morning, but uh, all the other Broadway casts are there, and everybody's yeah. talking to each other, and yeah. the whole process is so huge. It's great fun. And be doing most of the songs from the for the show. Uh, we're doing uh, "Show Some Respect," which uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sing it, um, which I'm looking forward to very much. And do you know when that's going to be? It's not going to be five in the morning. I have no idea. I believe it's 9.34. 930. Oh, I was going to say 9.36. Oh, it could be 9.35. Ah. 
So exactly. Down to that. Let's say at a time. Oh yes, absolutely. That sounds like prime time to me. They're extremely well organized. Well, I thank you all so much for being on our show. Sting is the former lead singer of the police, in case you didn't know. He's won 16 Grammy Awards, sold over 100 million albums, and he wrote the songs, both the music and lyrics for The Last Ship. Fred Applegate plays Father O'Brien. He's a veteran stage and television actor, and Rachel Oh, I didn't mention, yeah, Seinfeld. You were in Seinfeld, weren't you? I'm still recognized from that. That was 1992. That was 22 years ago, and a college student recognized me on the A train. Were you on Seinfeld? (laughs) Good Lord. Go to class. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel Tucker plays Meg Dawson. Uh, She's an Irish actress who released her first solo album Mm. called The Reason last year. And The Last Ship can be seen at the... Neil Simon Theater on West 52nd Street. Sting will be a regular member of the cast beginning December 9th, and the cast album for the show is scheduled to be released on December 16th. We're going to go out with the title song, The Last Ship. 